It's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. I'm Ben Dominich. I'm Ainsley Earhart. I'm Trey Gowdy, and this is the Fox News Rundown. Wednesday, September 20th, 2023. I'm John Saucier. If you were on a flight this summer, chances are it was delayed, maybe even canceled. Sitting on the tarmac wondering if and when your airplane is going to move is super frustrating, and you may be wondering, what is the federal government doing about it, especially with a government shutdown looming? In 2018-2019, you had the longest government shutdown in history, 35 days. And the reason that Congress was finally compelled to reopen the government is that they were starting to hear from the airlines and the flight controllers that they couldn't do their job safely. This is the Fox News Rundown, Evening Edition. Precise, personal, powerful. Is America's weather team in the palm of your hands? Get Fox weather updates throughout your busy day, every day. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Lots of action in Washington, D.C. this week, including an appearance by the Transportation Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, who answered questions from the House Transportation and Infrastructure Committee. I'm proud to report that the Biden administration has over 37,000 infrastructure projects moving forward. And while the top man at the Department of Transportation tried to paint an optimistic picture of how the nation moves, there isn't a lot of movement by lawmakers yet to try and figure out a way to keep the government from shutting down by the end of this month. Here's what House Speaker Kevin McCarthy had to say about the progress on Wednesday. I feel like we are. The members are already in meeting. I think we're making some progress. We made some progress last night. Uh, Look, it's not September 30th. The game is not over. So we continue to work through it. And uh, I've been at this place many times before, and we're going to solve this problem. One of the issues here, and this has kind of gone under the radar, is that there is no confirmed FAA administrator, and there was an FAA reauthorization bill. The FAA has to be re-upped by September 30th, the same day that the government has to be funded by. We're speaking about it today with Fox News senior congressional correspondent Chad Pergram. And they are no closer on doing that bill uh, than they were months ago. I mean, they thought they were going to try to move this in the Senate, and it kind of blew up uh, over the summertime, uh, mainly a, a dispute on the Democratic side of the aisle. And the idea was that that FAA reauthorization bill could address and fix some of these problems that they're having. Now, in the testimony before the House Transportation Committee today, Pete Buttigieg said that uh, flight cancellations are actually lower right now than they were before the pandemic in 2019. He says the cancellation rate is now at 1.6 percent of all flights. But you go to some of this anecdotal evidence, and guess what? There's a lot of people who work on Capitol Hill, members of Congress, they are the flying public. They, they fly all the time. And Cynthia Lummis, a Republican senator from Wyoming, she said she feels like she's canceled or delayed more than half the time, according to her. So, you know, even though that might be the stat, that doesn't seem like that is, in fact, the case. And as you say, there have been some near collisions, uh, issues on runways over the summer, and we've seen some viral videos. Every time you fly now, it's an adventure. You never know who's going to you know, get up and get in a fight for somebody. Sure. Uh, I mean, we've seen a lot of that over the summer. So that was part of the conversation today. Yeah, absolutely. You mentioned a pending government shutdown. House Republicans are trying to get it together right now. How is this affecting these flight cancellations? I've heard things about air traffic controllers. Might there be a chance these people go to work without being paid? Yes. Well, Pete Buttigieg uh, said uh, during the hearing, uh, he said, you know, this will affect tourism. 
this will affect, uh, you know, flights, you know, obviously. And I want to tell you a dirty secret here, and this is a little bit scary. In 2018-2019, you had the longest government shutdown in history, 35 days. And the reason that Congress was finally compelled to reopen the government is that they were starting to hear from the airlines and the flight controllers that they couldn't do their job safely. Because you expect these people to go to work. What's going to happen here, if we do have a shutdown, is the federal government will deem some employees essential and others non-essential. Well, you can imagine that air traffic controllers are essential. People at TSA are, in fact, essential. But it's one thing for this to go on one or two days, and you haven't even gotten to a pay period yet or something like that. People don't miss their paychecks. But 35 days... That was the impetus to reopen the government, mainly because they didn't think that they could keep at that stage the uh, flying public safe. So that could be an issue here. And Pete Buttigieg said, we're trying to train new pilots. They're getting closer on levels there. They're trying to train new air traffic controllers, getting closer on levels there. But a shutdown suspends all that and probably sets back that process by months. Okay, so let's just jump off from there. Where are we in the government shutdown? Today I heard from House Speaker Kevin McCarthy. He seemed optimistic, told everyone to be patient. But even if Republicans do come up with something, do you think the Senate is going to be able to align with it? Well, what's going on right now is the House can't pass anything anything. And Kevin McCarthy uh, knows that. He's seen this. Uh, The math just does not work. The dirty little secret there is that he has about 200 or so House Republicans who are willing to vote on a variety of proposals. uh, And he has about five to 20 Republicans who won't vote for anything. And when you have a four-seat majority, that math does not work. And so Kevin McCarthy has told his members for weeks, he said, we need to pass something here in the House, and just not a a government funding bill, a bill maybe on the Defense Department, which they've tried that twice, and that's blown up in their face twice, just the other day, and then also last week. They can't even pass their own defense bill. And, you know, I said to the speaker yesterday, I said, isn't that a signal there? You know, that's a blow to you. He said, I'm going to keep trying. I said, but not every speaker can't bring up your own defense spending bill. Isn't that a problem, Mr. Speaker? And so he's going to keep people here over the weekend trying to vote on, you know, procedural motions or on bills if they get that far. You've got to have the procedural motion be successful first and kind of try to wear people down. Uh, But what that will do, it will also demonstrate that they can't pass anything. And then inevitably, and this is where we could get to a government shutdown because you've run out of track here, uh, there is a coalition, and I've said this on the air and I've written this for the past couple of weeks, of probably 70-plus Republicans and Democrats in the Senate and 275 to maybe 300 Democrats and Republicans in the House who can pass an interim spending bill uh, to fund the government, just you know, re-up the current levels, fund it for a month or two, and put out the fires. But the question is whether or not Kevin McCarthy can do that politically. So what he's doing here, you get past the weekend and they continue to fail. McCarthy can say, guys, I tried to do it your way. Uh, Now we're going to get jammed by the Senate here. The other thing that's going to happen is when he, you know, there's strength in numbers here. When he has about 200 people on his side and only about five to 20 on the other side who are are being kind of intransigent in this, uh, the people who want to get something done, the larger group is going to start to really go after the smaller group and say, why are you guys dragging us around by our noses? So these tensions are going to ramp up over the next couple of days. And then what happens to Kevin McCarthy if they pass that interim spending bill uh, with a coalition of Democrats and Republicans and probably more Democrats, keeping in mind that the Republicans are in the majority, then you have an effort to try to unseat Kevin McCarthy as the Speaker of the House. A motion to vacate the chair is the term that you'll start to hear. That has never happened 
in the middle of a Congress. Now, will that be successful? It's probably doubtful. The vote itself would probably be one step removed on that, uh, actually to table it or send the motion to vacate the chair to a committee. So it's doubtful that they actually get to that stage where like, okay, we need to have a new vote for speaker. If it fails, though, if that if that secondary motion fails, and I know this is very hard parliamentary calculus here, but it's very important, then you actually vote on the motion to vacate the chair. And if that is adopted, guess what? It is January 3rd again. You have to elect a Speaker of the House. And the House then votes over and over and over again until it elects the Speaker. Now, John, the doomsday Death Star scenario here is the government shuts down, the motion to vacate the chair is successful, and the House cannot elect a Speaker. Why? Because you might get a deal to be able to reopen the government, but you can't vote on it until you get a speaker. And if it took 15 rounds in January, huh, how many rounds and who is it going to be this time? Right. Well, it sounds That's to me like problem. it wouldn't be advantageous for Republicans, even some of these hardliners, to oust McCarthy when they know that is on the table. But do you think that they'll go that far, these hardline Republicans, these few All it who takes you're talking is one. about? All it takes is one. And again, when you have a four-seat majority and you have members who are out, one who just had a baby, Steve Scalise is in and out of here a lot. He's suffering from cancer now, the majority leader. Uh, you don't know who's actually here. You know, I always say it's about the math. The math does not work in the favor of uh, Kevin McCarthy right now to fund the government. And it probably doesn't work in favor of Matt Gates and people who want to dethrone him uh, because, again, there's just enough people there who are willing to support Kevin McCarthy. But if you get to that speaker vote, and this is why we were all balled up for days and days back in January, you have to have an outright majority of the entire House vote for a speaker. So I don't know if the government's going to shut down, but I do know, and I can say with pretty strong confidence, that we think that there will be at least an effort, a motion to vacate the chair and call for a new speaker's election sometime in the next two to three weeks. If you thought traveling around this country on an airplane couldn't be more difficult, what if we stopped paying the already scarce amount of air traffic controllers? A government shutdown is looming in Washington, D.C., and again, the threat of government workers not getting paid is threatening the nation's economy as a whole. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy knows it, but he's also walking a very tight road between the Democratic-controlled Senate and his own slim majority of Republicans in the House. Nobody has more in-depth knowledge of all of this than Fox News senior congressional correspondent Chad Pergram. Ahead, we'll talk about how fashion is actually a factor in this potential shutdown. So keep your pants on and the volume up for much more next. Chad, real quick, I want to focus on the Senate just for a moment because interesting development yesterday. We're speaking about the freshman senator from Pennsylvania, John Fetterman, who has a very interesting way of dressing. He's showing up in shorts, T-shirts, and usually don't see that in the U.S. Senate. And now Chuck Schumer, the majority leader, has changed the rules and downgraded the dress code so he can go into the Senate chamber and vote in shorts and maybe a baggy and a sweatshirt yeah. and a hoodie. Right, exactly. I saw a great quote yesterday from Maine Republican Susan Collins that she said she would jokingly show up in a bikini. What is the sentiment in the Senate chamber on this dress code policy and how are people reacting to it? Well, Mitch McConnell, the minority leader, said that he didn't support it. He thought that this was a place of decorum. Uh, He said he didn't want to see people walking around in jeans. You had a coalition of most Senate Republicans, uh, led by Rick Scott, the Republican from Florida, write a letter saying we should rescind this policy. And keep in mind that, and I don't know where this is written down, 
in fact, the reason it's not written down, because it's not written down, you can't find a piece of paper that says what the Senate dress code is. This is an assumed thing. And so what Schumer has done, it was always presumed that you were supposed to wear a coat and tie to go onto the Senate floor. Now, what they have done here is told the Senate sergeant at arms that you can't restrict a senator from coming to the Senate floor and wearing whatever they want. Uh, But staff have to. Now, you even get into, believe it or not, a constitutional issue here. Article 1, Section 6 of the Constitution says that you cannot inhibit members from doing their job, going to vote. This is called the speech or debate clause. And so no matter what you're wearing, they would technically be out of alignment with the Constitution if you were to stop Senator Fetterman or somebody else uh, from going to vote because they were wearing a hoodie. And by the way, just to up the ante, we don't know if this is a bargaining chip in an effort to keep the government funded and avoid a shutdown. Senator Fetterman said if the Republicans fund the government and avoid a shutdown, he will wear a suit. Okay, so interesting fashion tips on Capitol Hill. We're speaking to the always dapper Chad Pergram, our senior congressional correspondent. Chad is wearing what looks like a blue tie today. Chad, my tie is uh, purple and a little bit of orange as well. So don't worry. Here on this podcast, we are keeping it uh, all the way dressed up. And we appreciate you joining us here on the Fox News Rundown Evening Edition. Thank you. You've been listening to the Fox News Rundown. And now, stay up to date by subscribing to this podcast at foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen ad-free on Fox News Podcasts Plus on Apple Podcasts. And Prime members can listen to the show ad-free on Amazon Music. And for up-to-the-minute news, go to foxnews.com. Put the power of over 100 meteorologists and the worldwide resources of Fox in your hands with the Fox Weather Podcast. Precise, personal, powerful. Subscribe and listen now at foxnewspodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.